On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I talk about the power of choosing not to fit in, and I answer a question about the stresses of running a business. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to this episode number 27 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. For 52 weeks between the ages of 24 and 25, I'm going to be recording and releasing a weekly podcast to see just how much my life can change in a year. This is the story of growing a business, of growing as a person, and it's a completely honest view into my life as I take on some fairly unusual things. And this episode right here is all about week number 27 in that journey. Right, hello. I hope you're well. I hope you've had a good week since we last spoke. Um, It's been a busy week for me. I'm back in Wales now for the first time in something mad, like 11 weeks. And so for the first time in what feels like forever, I'm sat here in the office as I record this episode of the podcast. Uh, I'm actually sat at my desk today rather than in the meeting room, which is where I'd normally record it. No reason in particular. It's just been busy. Couldn't be bothered moving myself all the way over there with my laptop and this whole setup. So I've literally just chucked the microphone on my desk, hit record. And here we are. Um, It's really nice to be back in the office and to be getting on with everything that we have going on right now. Uh, Despite everything going on in the economy and in the world right now, we're fortunate to have a group of clients who are trusting enough in us to allow us to continue doing what we do best throughout this whole period. And whilst that has, of course, been the case whilst I was working from home, there's just something nice about being back in the office working on the business, working for our clients. It feels special after so long away. Uh, And we're also internally working on quite a lot of exciting things right now, which I'll be talking about soon. And so all is good. Uh, It's also the first time I've been back in the office since my dad moved into a care home where he now lives. Uh, And this might sound weird, but there's definitely something reassuring about now knowing that he's somewhere where he is comfortable and from what we can tell happy which allows me to really focus on the task at hand uh, when I'm here in the office without having this constant worry in the back of my mind and a constant waiting for a phone call to deal with some uh, some mad situation that's cropped up there so uh, in a way it kind of feels like being back in the office this week is the marker of everything coming together. It's also six months to the day as I sit to record this until I turn 25, uh, which, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice for everything to be in a good place as we reach this this milestone because so many of these episodes over recent weeks, as, as I reflected on last week, have been quite unexpectedly negative in their subject matter and in what I've ended up speaking about. And so I'm pleased to tell you that there is lots of good news. Uh, And something else which is good news is the way all of you have so far reacted to the mailing list. Uh, Today I sent out the second message to the list after the first one went out on Monday and there are now, I believe, 41 of you subscribed to the mailing list. Uh, If you haven't already subscribed, I'll be telling you how to do so in a minute, but if you have already subscribed, you'll know what I mean when I say that these emails 
uh, are going to be very different. They're going to be a very different kind of outlet when compared to this podcast. Uh, And I think the best word to describe the emails compared to the podcast is they're going to be a lot more considered, right? I don't have 20 minutes or half an hour to talk to you about a certain topic. I have like three, 400 words to really condense down my thoughts on something. And so thank you if you have already subscribed. Uh, If you haven't, you can do so right now by visiting www.seanspooner.co.uk forward slash email. And once you've done that, you will get my very next message, which goes out to the list on Monday. As a reminder, uh, there is an email every Monday and an email every Thursday. Now, the mailing list is something which I've been meaning to do for a while. I first tweeted a hint of my intention to launch it back in November of this year. Sorry, November of last year. Uh, And I've also wanted to launch a podcast for a long time, right? And now finally I have done both. But what was stopping me in the past and what stops so many of us from taking action towards the things that we want to do? That's kind of what I want to talk about today. Because as I reflect on the past six or so years of my life, there is something which has caused me to resort to inaction countless times. And it's something that I'm now getting better at ignoring, but it's still sometimes in the back of my mind. And I'm sure for a lot of people listening, uh, it's in the back of their minds too. It might even be in the front of your mind. It's this idea of not taking action because to do so would out you as different. And I don't mean different in some crazy way on some grand scale. You know, there are rightfully checks and balances in society which hopefully keep us heading at least generally in the right direction so that we don't end up as mad flat earthers. I mean on a smaller scale. Different enough to take action. To take a slightly different path to the people you grew up with. Or the people you know. Different enough to fall slightly outside of the norms of your peer group. Because, let's face it, to do anything worthwhile in life, anything with an unusual outcome, you have to take what is, by its very nature, a set of unusual actions. And so, being unusual, being weird, it's fair to say, is it's a challenge, it's an uncomfortable thing to do. Or at least it is in the beginning. And if this sounds like you, if you sometimes don't do or say or act in a way which feels true to who you really are because you fear what others will think, you're actually being perfectly reasonable and rational. I read the book Sapiens a couple of years ago and it talks about how hundreds of thousands of years ago when we were all part of our own very small tribes, the decision to fit in was one of literally life or death. To be unusual and to be rejected by your tribe back then would be literally to find yourself alone, without food, without water, without resources, and vulnerable to be killed by the huge animals which roamed around back then. And so, at least in the the tiny amount of evolutionary psychology that I know of, I understand that our brains have grown uh, to try and make us fit in and sit inside of the norm wherever possible to avoid rejection at all costs, be that rejection from friends or family or the person you really want to talk to, but when it comes to it, you just can't bring yourself to do so. And so in the face of all of that, we pick inaction. At the fear of what other people might think when we say we're going to write a book 
or learn to dance or start a small business or try a new hobby or do literally anything else that's 1% different to all of those around us, we pick inaction. Because taking action might out us as different. But here's the thing. It's not 100,000 years ago. It's 2020. And we're living in a time where the economy and society rewards those who are different. There's a weird paradox in which society tells us one thing. It tells us that it wants everybody to think and to do and to look and to behave the same, to fit in. And then yet, on the other hand, society rewards those who do the exact opposite. It rewards the people who aim big. It rewards the people who take uncertain risks. It rewards the people who try something new. The ones who are brave enough to be themselves. And you can see this in the extremities all around us. Look at people like Elon Musk, like Justin Bieber, like Stormzy, like literally anybody who you know the name of in your mind right now who is known for excelling in whatever it is they chose to do. They are anything but normal. And on their path to reach where they are now, they no doubt faced people who thought that they were fucking weird. People who thought, rightly or wrongly, that they were never going to make it. People would have judged. People would have laughed. People would have chatted shit both to their face and behind their backs for daring to do whatever it is that they wanted to do. But guess what? Those people who threw rocks at the time, they're still stuck in the same spot. A spot of normality, crippled by that very same fear of standing out, which only a tiny percentage of people ever manage to move beyond. And so this had me thinking about the people I know who are the happiest, or at least appear to be the happiest, right? And also the people I know who are doing what could be considered slightly unusual things with their lives, those who fall outside of the norm. And when I compare those two lists, the happiest people I know and the people I know who are doing unusual things, the two lists were nearly identical. And so as I was considering this, I, I reached out to somebody who I haven't spoken to in years. Uh, it's an example who came to mind of somebody who I went to school with. Uh, and I, I literally messaged him a few seconds before recording this just to let him know that I'd be using him uh, as an example because, you know, we haven't spoken in years and it's a bit weird for somebody from school to reach out to you and say I'm going to talk about you in a podcast in like four minutes time uh, but there's somebody called Reese, and he has just launched a business called Big Chef's Kitchen. Now from the little bit I know about Reese, since leaving school he's worked in quite a few professional kitchens in places like hotels and restaurants and he's obviously become very good at what he does as a chef. But being a chef in a kitchen you know, behind the scenes, tucked away, rarely seen by customers. It's quite an anonymous job. And as such, the rewards are quite limited. But recently, Reese launched a business. The business is called Big Chef's Kitchen, and it's a food delivery service with meals cooked by professional chefs like him. Now, on the surface, moving from being a chef to being a food business owner might not sound like a huge leap. And I can't speak for Reese here, so I am making some assumptions, but I actually think it is quite a big leap. Because in order to launch what Reese has just launched, he would have had to decide that he was ready to take the step. 
and then go through all the stages of getting the business ready. At every point, there could be doubt of, is this, is this actually the right thing? Am I the right person? What will people think? And then he had to publicly put his name to this business. He had to use his social media profiles and his friends to push this business out there. He had to stand in front of a camera and record videos about the business and put those onto the internet, which I know terrifies so many people. Uh, and all the while, he was carrying on regardless of what this tiny percentage of dickheads might have thought and what they might have been saying behind his back. And now look, I use Reese as an example because he was the, the one that came to mind when I was thinking of this, but there are millions of people like Reese. But the point is this, there aren't enough of them. Too many people spend too long worrying too much about what other people think. And it reminds me of a quote uh, which I think I've used on this podcast before, but it's actually one which really, really stuck with me a couple of years ago when I finally uh, made, a, made the decision to kind of disregard what other people think, right? And the quote is this, you probably wouldn't worry what people think of you if you knew how seldom they do. And it's true, right? I, I spent years not doing the things I wanted to do. I spent years giving things 50% and kind of hedging a little bit because I was trying to cautiously step around the opinions of others. And thankfully, over the past couple of years, I've managed to move away from that mind frame. And as a result, the business is doing better. I'm happier. Projects such as this podcast and the newsletter have become a thing. And so... You know, I just as I reflected on all of this, as I, I finally reached the two things that I wanted to launch this year as of last week, right? That was the podcast and the newsletter. I just thought that, the, that maybe there's a, a lesson in there somewhere, which is that, you know, people will chat shit regardless of what you do. So you may as well do something worthwhile. And so that's it. So let me get straight into today's question. And this question comes from Kevin on Instagram. And Kevin said, only answer this question if you don't have any others. <laughs> Funny story, Kevin. I don't have any others. So let's go with Kevin's question. But look, it's, it's, it's a good question regardless. I'm not, well, technically I am picking it because it's the only one because there's nothing else to pick. But what I mean is this is a good question and one which I may well have picked anyway, right? So Kevin asked, how do you deal with the stress of running a business? And uh, to be honest with you, just like what I spoke about a second ago about how I've managed to improve when it comes to uh, the worry surrounding what other people think of me, I think I've also managed to improve when it comes to worrying too much about professional situations, worrying uh, in too much detail about like the stresses of running a business. Uh, and I think that comes from just time under tension, right? It comes from, uh, I've been in business in one form or another for a little over 10 years now. And uh, after 10 years, you've kind of seen most situations in business. You've kind of been through the maybe 25 stressful situations at least once. And so, you know, they're all stressful first time around, same with anything in life, but second time or third time around, there's almost like this, this blueprint, this textbook, this playbook rather in your head, which uh, because you know how that situation plays out, it's less stressful each and every time, right? So there's that. But then I think the other half of this and the reason why I think that I personally deal with stress 
quite well, other than, you know, I may be genetically pre-exposed to deal with it better than others because I understand from reading books such as Lost Connections by Johan Hari that there are, uh, you can be, uh, I guess, physically exposed to things like anxiety from uh, just your genes. But uh, beyond that, I think that it's kind of also to do with lifestyle, right? I'm sure that my job, my life, my professional life would be far more stressful if I didn't get the right amount of sleep. I'm sure it would be far more stressful if I had eight cups of coffee a day. I'm sure it would be far more stressful if I surrounded myself with, you know, anxiety-inducing breaking news constantly. I'm sure it would be far more stressful if I drank. I'm sure it would be far more stressful with all of the other lifestyle factors which play into or help you mitigate stress weren't checked off beforehand. Um, And it's also to do with uh, so let's call that lifestyle. It's also to do with like the, the, the lifestyle of your business. And by that, I mean, uh, we are a, a very heavy process orientated business these days. And it hasn't always been that way. But when there is a process in place for most things in the business, and when you you know that you're doing your best work and you're controlling what you can, um it's difficult to get caught off guard. And I think that's what uh, that, that's what stresses a lot of business owners out. When you get caught off guard, when something happens that you didn't quite consider in your game plan, when something happens which poses a risk that you don't yet have an answer for, I think that's when stress creeps in. And so, you know, the more you plan, the more you process, the more you're able to proactively predict, I think there's less room for stress anyway. Now, that's not to say that I don't feel stress. I'm human, of course I fucking do. I mean, look at the the podcasts back towards the middle of March when I was trying to get my head around what business was going to look like during coronavirus. Like, you can probably hear in my voice then stress. But that's for the reason that I just pointed out, right? It's because it was a situation which we perhaps hadn't considered. It was for a situation which we didn't have... Uh, like a a pre-scripted process for you can't plan for a global pandemic and the economy falling to pieces in the space of three weeks and therefore that's quite stressful but I think to myself at least that's a lesson that uh, most other things can be mitigated and therefore the process of running a business can actually be quite unstressful a lot of the time I'm sure it will uh, I'm sure it will continue to grow in how stressful it is as we as a business grow, as the number of situations we need to deal with grows, as the number of clients and employees and all of the above continues to grow. And there are nights where I worry, you know, every now and then I'll get home and there'll be something on my mind and I'll be thinking about it. But for the most part, there are many more nights where I don't worry. And that's because I kind of accept that each time we come up against one of these challenges, that kind of appears out of nowhere that we hadn't considered that we need to deal with. I recognize that that's part of the journey. I recognize that every time I've stressed in the past, A, it has helped us become better individuals and a better business. But B, I remember that every single stressful situation passes, right? There's that quote, this too shall pass. And that helps me with every kind of stressful situation 
not just those in business. No bad situation, no stressful situation lasts forever. So you just need to be as well equipped as possible to deal with them in the moment. And you do that, in my opinion, with all of the things I just mentioned when it comes to processes and your own lifestyle. And so that's it. That is another week, another episode done. Like I say, it's good to be back in the office. I am recording this far earlier than usual because I don't want to be here in the office late at night. I'd normally record these at like eight, nine o'clock. The time right now is just gone five o'clock in the evening. I'm going to get this wrapped up, sort a couple of emails that have pinged into my inbox since I hit record on this and then get off home, get some food and then, yeah, get on with the day tomorrow. Uh, just one more plug for the newsletter. If you haven't already signed up, please do. Uh, you'll be able to get there, sign up and be subscribed before the end of this podcast in about a minute's time. And you can do that by going to seanspooner.co.uk forward slash email. And then, yeah, let me know when you sign up. I will look out for your email address and I hope that you can get the first of your emails on Monday. Uh, thank you very much, as always, for listening. I hope you have a good week and I will see you back here this time next week for episode number 28 of Life and Lessons. See you then. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.